naked or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. We come from a diverse situation today, but we come with one purpose, to worship a God who is alive and well, the one who gives us strength in all um, situations. Let's pray as we begin. Father God, we thank you uh, for who you are and for all you've done for us in this space at this time as we come before you and as we lay aside time to be in your presence. We thank you that you are risen, you are well, and that you are alive and at work in your world today. And so as we offer ourselves afresh and anew to you this morning, may we grow not only together, but when we grow individually in our faith and in our understanding of who you are and of all that you've done for us, that we'd leave this place transformed and on fire for you and for the advancement of your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we do the Easter uh, greeting. Let's stand together. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Only if I all uh, to read us God's word today. You find today's reading on page 1042 in the Pew Bibles. Uh, reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. And the heading of the section is At the Home of Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Thank you, Al. Um, so we start a new series um, today, if you like, for Sundays and indeed following through into our life groups um, um, called Women uh, of Faith. And over the next number of weeks, we're going to look at a, a number of different uh, women from the Scriptures, especially uh, the New Testament. Um, sometimes we look at the Scriptures and we find them hard um, to get to grips with. Uh, sometimes we see the text or a passage may seem a little bit aloof or somewhat distant from the reality of the everyday that we find ourselves living in. Sometimes the characters that we read about um, in the pages of the Bible are often held up as if they're absolutely perfect, as if there's no imperfections in them or there's no flaws uh, within them. But they're just ordinary people like you and me. And God's big story, God's meta-narrative, if you like, his big story uh, of creation right the way through to redemption uh, involves people. We were created for a relationship, and so all of those stories are interwoven, creating God's big meta-narrative, his big story of what it means to be a follower of him. So far from being cardboard cutouts, we'll learn from these ladies' failures just as much as their 
success. We're going to look at people like Mary and Martha, who we're going to look at today, as we've already heard. We'll look at that woman who Jesus met at the well, or the woman who had been bleeding uh, for many, many decades. We'll look at Elizabeth, or the widow who had two coins, or a lady called Lydia. Some of those are well known, and some of those may seem a little bit obscure, or maybe you haven't really heard about them before. Yet God used each of their struggles there with faith, their struggles with faith and with life, to draw him, them to himself and to allow them to grow. And our prayer is that he can do the same for us as we look at the lives and the stories of these ladies. So before we dig into Mary and Martha, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are indeed present with us. We thank you that you have gathered us in this place today. And so from all of those situations that we found ourselves coming from, not only today, not only yesterday, but in the last week, you give us grace and strength to set those things that might distract us to the side in order that we can concentrate on you in this moment. That by your Holy Spirit, your word would come alive and afresh to each one of us. Your words and not my words, we pray, that our hearts, our lives, our very souls would be changed and transformed by you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's the story of Mary and Martha. If you do want to follow this, it's on page 1042 of your pew Bibles, or Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Verse 38 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. The story of Mary and Martha. Now, in many ways, if you've been about church or Sunday school uh, for any length of time, you've probably already heard this story. Um, It is one that is repeated and told often. And sometimes this creates a problem for us preachers. Because preachers love to come up with something new, something inspiring, something that will, little nugget that you might hold on to as you leave this place. And so to do a really familiar story that you've heard many times, and some of you maybe hundreds of times, you've heard this story told or you've read it hundreds of times already. What new things am I going to come up with today? Well, here we go. Actually, no. Because sometimes there is no sparkling new things. Sometimes it's simply God, by His Spirit, revealing the things that we already know, checking us, challenging us, calling us back to those truths that we already know, but maybe we have forgotten Or maybe we've stepped away from. Or maybe we've let slip. And so sometimes God's word comes to us as a reminder of where it is that we need to be as opposed to a blinding flash of newness in our lives. So Mary, verse 39. She had a sister, that's Martha had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Mary was the one who just seems to sit about. 
Martha, on the other hand, in verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted by all those preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work for myself? Go and tell her to help me. I don't quite get the emotion in Martha's voice. Probably at that point, I imagine it more like, Seriously, Jesus, Mary's sitting over there doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I'm running about here. Look, there's holes in the bottom of my shoe and working that hard. Would you ever tell her to get up and do something? But you know, we can all probably relate to that story in some shape, can't we? We can all probably relate to that moment where we feel that everybody else seems to be sitting about and I'm the one doing it all. It never happened in our house as a parent. Do you know, whenever I was training for, the, uh, for ordination at Theological College, um, obviously in Dublin, Monday to Friday, uh, and home at weekends, and so whenever it came to holiday time, Christmas, Easter, and the summer, uh, to earn a wee, a few bob, if you like, um, I just did whatever I could get my hands on um, to earn some money. And there was a factory across the road, a uh, distribution company, a uh, well-known distribution company. It doesn't exist. Um, anywhere it does exist. Um, the one that most people know doesn't exist. Um, now, uh, across the road from where we lived, um, and so I rode across on my wee bike one day, uh, rocked up to the door, uh, knocked it and asked to speak to the warehouse manager. And out comes the warehouse manager to this man in his um, mid-twenties. had to think there for a minute what age he was. Um, in his mid-twenties, um, asking, can I have a summer job? And he sort of looked at me and he said, you're a bit old for a summer job, are you not? I don't know whether that was the gray hair or whether it was my uh, mature, experienced look. Um, but he said, okay, um, there's lots of holiday cover needs covered off. Uh, certainly, uh, I said, well, I can start in June and I can work all my way through um, to September. Currently at college, university, and that was all I said, university, college, and I would love something for the summer. So he said, okay, when can you start? I says, Monday. He says, that's all right, starting Monday. So I rocked up on Monday, got my safety boots, my safety gear, uh, and was given the keys to a forklift. As long as I still cap boots on, I was all right. But here's the keys to a forklift. They start, uh, as they would say, tipping or emptying lorries and loading lorries as they came into the loading docks. And I remember after the first week uh, of being there, um, a man who was probably in his early 60s um, over tea one day said, can I sit with you at break time? I says, I know bother. Um, so we're sitting having a cup of tea, obviously, and eating some of our packed stuff. Um, and he looked, there was only him in the canteen, and he looked at me and he says, son, I'm going to tell you something. I says, what's that? And he says, you're only here for three months and you need to slow down. Because we've created a pace in this place that them boys in the office <laughs> think it takes to empty one of them lorries and you're destroying that ratio. <laughs> so you need to sit down and slow down, son. For fear of my life, <laughs> I slowed down a little. Um, but there was a moment where you look around and you thought, what are all these other people doing? I can do that an X number of times, an X length, but what are they doing? And we've probably all had a similar experience in some shape or form, whether that's at home, at work, in school, or in somewhere else in our lives, where we've looked around and we've thought, seriously, why is it me that's doing all the work? Was I prepared for today? The little phrase that was in my head was this. 
God isn't done with you yet. God isn't done with you yet. So as we explore Mary and Martha today, as we explore the sitting and the busyness, know that God is not done with you yet. There is so much more still to come. Because often Mary gets the bad reputation of being the lazy one. The one that just, as I've already said, just seems to sit about all the time and doesn't seem to do anything that needs done, doesn't seem to notice those things that even that needs done, never mind do them, is what she's accused of. Particularly Martha gets the bad reputation from this passage and from many preachers of being the one who's far too busy to actually have time for Jesus. She's so concerned with the everyday moments, the everyday things, that she has no time to sit at the feet of the Master. We read together Psalm 23 earlier today, a well-known psalm. In that psalm, one of the lines, and it depends how we were taught that psalm or how we've learnt that psalm, but we phrase it slightly differently, and it caught me out, actually, because that was a slightly different version from the way that I had learned it this morning. And actually, I almost found myself slipping into the old language that I had learned it from, or been taught it from. I know I learned too, right? Um, but that the Lord prepares a table where we might feast with him. The moments of preparation are equally as important as the moments of sitting at Jesus' feet. See, frustration grows in Martha. As I read that first 40 earlier, in my own words, for goodness sake, Jesus, can you not see? She's lazy. She's just sitting there. She's doing absolutely nothing about what needs to be done. You're here, and she doesn't even see the things that needs to be done. Will you have a word with her? Sort it out. So Jesus' answer must really have surprised her. Verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen what is better, but it will not be taken away from her. This is often the point where the preacher begins to say that we need to spend time sitting at Jesus' feet. We need to be spending more time in our devotional lives and in our quiet moments and in our prayer life and in our reading of the Scriptures and our gathering together as a community to worship Him. All those things are 100% true. But I don't think it's an either-or. I don't think we can do all of those things and not behind the scenes, make sure that the preparation is happening for them. As we gathered for today, the songs that we sing just didn't pick themselves. The seats that you sit on didn't magically move into a row by themselves. The buns that we will eat after church didn't make themselves. There are moments of 
preparation in our lives as individuals and as a community of believers that enable and empower the presence of Jesus to be realized and recognized. I don't think it's an either or. It's a both and. We need those moments of preparation. Yes, we need to be spending time with the Lord on our own. We need to be spending time together like this, worshiping together, gathering together, socializing, growing together, doing mission and outreach together. We also need those moments of preparation. It's a both and, not an either or. Martha created the space and the environment. Martha created the space and the environment. See, in verse 38, the opening verse of this little story, it says that Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. What would have happened if Martha hadn't opened her home to Jesus? Would Mary have had the opportunity to sit at his feet? Mary displays the devotion that enables the Lord's presence to be manifest. And so whilst Martha opened the door of the home, Martha created the environment where the presence of the Lord could be. Mary's actions and words and devotion allowed the Lord's presence to manifest itself in that home. For the Lord to be shown for who he is and all that he has done in that home. But it was both and, not an either or. So how are you doing at these things? Preachers included as he asked that question. How are we doing at preparing ourselves, preparing the environment and the space for the Lord's presence, for the stillness and the quietness in our homes, that we might hear the Lord's voice as we read his word? How are we doing at preparing for this community gathering? How are we serving in a way, even though it may seem small, that allows this and enables this to happen? And how are we doing at that moment of devotion which allows the Lord's presence to be manifest? The Lord to speak into that situation. The Lord's voice to ring loudly in a situation. Are we working at creating that right environment? Do you have that place of devotion? I ask myself that as well. Or are our lives become so busy that we've squeezed that place of devotion out? And actually, that doesn't matter what age we are. It doesn't matter whether we're four or five or 12 or 14 or 20 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 90 or 34. 
we can all busy ourselves with something else, squeezing out that place of devotion for the Lord. And sometimes it takes a familiar passage like this, a familiar story like this, with nothing new and shiny and bright about it, for the penny to drop that I've let that slip in my life. For that voice of the Lord to whisper softly or shout loudly that this is a new week, a new day, and his mercies are new within it. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Today, um, I just want to take a moment of, of silence, a moment of space, if you like, to create that little bit of space in our lives, to allow the Lord to speak softly or shout loudly, to call us back to that place where he needs us to be, either the place of preparation or the place of devotion. So whatever way you feel comfortable to do that, whether it's just simply sitting with your eyes closed or whether it's placing your hands open in your lap in front of you. Simply to receive from God in this moment and in this space what he has for us. Father, help us not to be so busy that we squeeze out our devotion for you. Help us not to use our moments of devotion as an excuse not to prepare the place for you. Strengthen us. Give us grace and wisdom for the situations that we will face this week. Call us back. Renew your right spirit within us, we pray. You might not take your Holy Spirit from us, but that your power would remain within us. So, Father, if we need to come to you for the first time, may we do that in this moment giving our lives, our hearts, our souls before you in an attitude and 
sacrifice of devotion. We need to return to that place of intimacy with you. Lord, that you'd receive our prayers today. We don't pray these things because you're a God who's made of wood or stone or carved by a human hand to sit on a mantelpiece for adoration today. But you're the God who is alive and well. He defeated death itself. He conquered sin. And he reigns in truth and in power. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's pray together as we finish. We hear some words from Ephesians uh, chapter 3 and verse 20 today. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory and in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And with the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless one each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.